So then, um, in a few moments, as promised, we are going to continue with uh, some very interesting look, opportunity to look from different angles, I should say, at the Guangzhou May Democratic Uprising 39 years ago, including very shortly with um, an American citizen whose late husband was a reverend here and who spent her life revealing the truth behind the uprising. Um, We'll also want to take this moment to tell you about Real Mum Real Talk. So while this morning takes a break over the weekend, tomorrow you get a chance to hear from the Indian ambassador to Korea, who's a mum herself, to hear about motherhood and education in India and her life in Korea. So tune into that tomorrow, 7 till 9 a.m. Real Mum Real Talk. If you want to have your say on Guangzhou or any other aspects of this? Are you tired of the politicization of the past? Again, 1013 for 51 per message. You can also tweet us at EFM this morning. Let's get these messages from Dong So Foods, Lotte Chilsun Beverage, Coca Cola, G Market Global, Montbell, and Market Designers. Well, we can now hear from Martha Huntley, an American citizen who lived in this country with her late husband, Reverend Charles Betts Huntley, during the entire period of the Guangzhou movement, spending her life revealing the truth behind the uprising since then. Thank you very much for speaking with us. My pleasure. Now, your husband used particularly strong language to describe Chan Du Huan as Satan in his memoir. Uh, I understand you heard sounds of helicopters shooting citizens, uh, civilian, ordinary people, in other words, at the time of the uprising. Can you give us your own account of what you witnessed? Okay, I think there's two misunderstandings there. One is we did not ourselves see shooting from the helicopters, but we saw the helicopters and we heard the shooting and we saw many of the... Uh, people who had been shot on the streets from straight above from the helicopters because my husband was a chaplain at Kwangju Christian Hospital. The students were bringing in wounded and even dead for days just in a steady stream in trucks and buses and taxis that they commandeered. We never saw a uh, army person, a military person, bring in any wounded. But among those wounded... You could tell the injuries were from straight above, and my husband uh, particularly took photographs of all of these to show that these were young children, they were, they were civilian people, they were not people fighting in any way, they were not people who uh, were rising up, they were simply walking on the streets and had been shot from up above from the helicopters by the military. Must have been now about disturbing. Betts calling Chunduan Satan. Mm. Uh, my daughter and I have just reread his memoirs, and we cannot find that anywhere. I don't remember his ever using that language. However, Chunduan's memoirs called another of the missionaries who was there in Kwangju, Arnold Peterson. He called him Satan. Arnold Peterson had photographs of the helicopters. And this was used as evidence in Chunduan's trial, as were some of my husband's pictures of the dead and the wounded, showing the kind of wounds that they had. Thank you very much for clarifying what may have been misreported. Uh, But um, nevertheless, everything you've said there sounds like it would have been highly disturbing. Can you tell us more about your efforts to make known what happened in Guangzhou? 
yes, uh, it was interesting because I was a newspaper reporter, <laughs> and uh, I was sent to Korea as a journalistic missionary to write articles about Korea in general, uh, the missionaries for their hometown papers, anytime anything of interest to Americans and to Christians would come up, I wrote about. So it was natural for me to um, look upon what was happening in Gwangju as a newspaper reporter. From the beginning of the Sate, right until the 15 months later before we left for a break, we had a stream of reporters and photographers from all over the world, from Germany, the guy, you know, in Taxi Driver. Yes. And people from the New York Times, people from the Wall Street Journal, people from Christian Science Monitor. Um, there was just one after another after another. And also concerned groups sent, uh, especially churches and denominations, Christian denominations who had sister churches in Guangzhou, sent investigative committees. And my husband was very fluent in Korean. I was not, <laughs> I was not then, and I'm much less so now, 34 years later. But, um, he translated for these groups and these reporters and photographers, and that's how we found out what actually happened in Guangzhou and how it was really more like a coup d'etat. It was not an uprising, a student uprising, and it was not communist-affiliated. It was all on Chen Duan and his supporters. How meaningful was it for you to have your late husband's remains actually buried in Guangzhou then last year? Oh, that meant so much, because we lived in Korea from 1965 to 1985, and uh, we loved Korea so much, and the people, and Gwangju. My husband's grandmother's sister was a missionary to Korea with her husband in 1909, and they were there until the Korean War. And he had grown up hearing about Korea. His best friends in college and seminary were Korean. Korea has just been the closest part to our hearts of our life. I think our whole lives have been happy, but I think our happiest years were the years in Korea because of the Korean people and the people of Gwangju who are so accepting and warm and strong and resilient and courageous. And they reacted to this uh, attack on their city with great valor. They did not start anything. The whole thing was a huge surprise to everybody who lived in Gwangju, and we didn't find out what was actually happening for a long time. But the response was to resist uh, the brutality of the uh, Chun troops. On that note, you sent a letter to the National Assembly Speaker Muni Sang demanding that Maine Opposition Liberty Korea Party respond to the uprising, have some sort of comment on it. Uh, by the way, please clarify if there's anything in that report that wasn't quite on the mark, but that's what we've been told. Uh, can you tell us more about that? Yes, yes. The, uh, the open letter demanded nothing at all. It was simply an open letter by Mrs. Barbara Peterson, Arnold Peterson's widow, and myself in response to the three lawmakers who said that the saute was caused by communist 
commandos who had come down and misled the students. All of that was lies. And they're saying that on the floor of the National Assembly. So the only thing we said, and that would be anything like a demand, is that it's so important that law decisions, legislative decisions are made on truth and not lies. And we said we would hope that these three lawmakers would be rebuked if not removed, so that people can trust the National Assembly of Korea. So our, our open letter was pretty mild. It was mostly to say what we had seen and that we love Korea, we love the truth, and um, it will not do for what happened in Gwangju to be distorted and denied. That's like denying the Holocaust. You just can't do that. It has to be the true story, and that's been my mission and my hope for Korea. And we got a wonderful letter back from the Honorable Moon Hee-sung, the speaker, uh, thanking us for the letter. He said, I especially appreciate your right portrayal of what happened at the time as living witnesses to history, and I fully agree with you and your husband's uh, may they rest in peace, that we must not further the pain of the people of Kwangju at this time. And I've since gotten a very gracious and beautiful letter from the First Lady of Korea, and I have just fallen in love with her because of her kindness and graciousness. But our letter was just to say we were, you might say, disinterested people in Kwangju. I was a reporter. Come on. Yeah. I was a reporter. So what we saw is what we witnessed, and it's the truth, and that's what we're interested in. And I appreciate your station being concerned about that just now and following these stories up. Well, naturally. Um, thank you very much for joining us and giving your side of the story today, Martha Huntley. Thank you.